everybody, um, before we start this episode, uh, group purposes of saying, um, I host and I talk about severe mental illness in this episode. So if that's not for you, then click off now. But otherwise, enjoy the episode. It's a pretty good one. And, uh, yeah. Everybody, and welcome to the third episode of the Goofy History Podcast. Today I'm joined by only one of my co-hosts, again. Say hello. Hi. He, he, there he is. Wow, that's crazy. I kidnapped him, and now he's now he has to do my bidding for, the, for all of eternity. But he's going to be talking about... Well, what are you going to be talking about today? The Killdozer. A tale of defiance and destruction. He, um... So, for reference, he's a bit of a big, sweaty nerd. And prepared an entire script, an entire beautiful, passionate script, which I am going to interlace with dumb jokes. So, be ready. Hey guys, are you ready for this? Y'all ready for this? Marvin Heemeyer was an ordinary welder and a mechanic. Became the center of attention in a small Colorado town in 2004. Emire's transformation from an average citizen to a symbol of rebellion against perceived injustice is a story that sheds light on the controversial events that unfolded in Granby, Colorado. Emire's early life was marked by a passion for mechanics and engineering. Born on October 28, 1958 in South Dakota, he pursued his interest by studying engineering at Iowa State University. Eventually, he settled in Granby, Colorado, where he opened a successful muffler repair shop and became an active member of the community. However, Heemeyer's seemingly comfortable life in Granby was riddled with struggles and conflicts. One of his main sources of frustration was a zoning dispute. He firmly believed that the local authorities had treated him unfairly during a land dispute, which which hindered his plans for business expansion. He claimed that corruption and personal vendettas motivated the actions of the town officials, feeling the system was stacked against them. Heemeyer's resentment grew, fueling his subsequent actions. In a defiant act on June 4, 2004, Heemeyer took matters into his own hands. He meticulously modified a bulldozer, reinforcing it with layers of armor plating and fortified windows. With his modified machine, Heemeyer went onto a rampage, targeting the properties of those he believed who had wronged him. Over several hours, he demolished numerous buildings, including the town hall, the local newspaper office, and specific individuals' homes. Heemeyer's rampage left the trail of destruction, paralyzing Granby and its residents. Despite the damage caused, no lives were lost, as Heemeyer intentionally avoided harming individuals. Nevertheless, the incident had a profound and lasting impact on the town, sparking debates about the boundaries of justice and the consequences of perceived injustices. The legacy of Heemeyer remains controversial and divisive. Some perceive him as a symbol of residence against corruption and oppression, a lone individual standing up against a flawed system. They view him as a vigilante seeking justice when traditional channels failed him. Conver- conversely, many argue that Heemeyer's actions were unjustifiable and violent. They express concerns about the dangers of taking the law into one's own hands and believe that resorting to destruction and violence undermines the principles of a democratic society. Marvin Heemeyer's story is a complex one, igniting discussions about the limits of justice and the consequences of unchecked frustrations. It serves as a reminder of the importance of addressing grievances through peaceful means and fostering transparency, fairness, and accountability within society. Only through open dialogue and commitment to justice can we strive 
to prevent similar acts of vigilant vigilantism when working towards a more harmonious coexistence for all. Very good. Very good. So, um, um like a golf clap, please. Oh, uh, yeah, I'll give you a golf clap. Woo! Hooray! Very good. Yeah. There's also a few details I left out. Was the bulldozer used was a Komatsu D355A? So, um, do you know if you know a lot about bull? Do you know a lot about bulldozers? No. Um, is that like a is it a big bulldozer? I need a, like a gauge. Like, uh, do you have like stats of this bulldozer? You got the specs of this bulldozer. I need to spec yes. this out. Let me. All right. This is from the um. Official company ground clearance 1.9 feet height the top of the cab is 12.5 feet length of track on ground is 11.1 feet length with blade is 28.6 feet length without blade blade is 18.4 feet and with over tracks 10 feet um, It's a turbocharged engine uh, Has four 410 horsepower which is 306 kilowatts uh, Power measured is 2000 rpm as a 45 gallon system fluid capacity Cooling system fluid capacity. Its operating weight is nine ninety-seven thousand nine hundred seven point three pounds, which is forty-four thousand four hundred ten kilograms. The standard plane oh, has a capacity of nineteen point nine cubic yards, which is fifteen meters in height, is seventy-two point five inches, which is one hundred seventy-three centimeters. Its width is thirteen point nine feet, which is four meters. Its transmission has a max speed forward of seven point nine miles per hour. Max speed of reversing is seven point nine. Uh, Horsepower is number of forward gears is four. Number of first gears is four. Its transmission type is TF. I have no idea what that means. The round pressure is 12.6 psi. The number of carriers rollers per side is two. Number of shoes per side is 39. <laughs> what does the number of shoes per side mean? Well, how many shoes does this wear? <laughs> number Yo, of the track rollers. Yo, number of track rollers. Per side is What's seven. What's a track roller? Are those Standard like shoe size is 24.1 inches. Whose feet are that big? Why are we looking at this thing's undercarriage? Its track gauge is 7.5 feet and its track pitch is 10.3 inches. I don't know what any of that means. Um, as, uh, so basically it's a really heavy, naughty little dog. Understandable. Emire also did not did not live the thing. Yeah. He, uh, he, he shot himself the in the he shot himself in the head with the 357 Magnum, which he had inside of his killdozer. He was also armed with an anti-material rifle, an AR-15. Uh, I think it was an M14 rifle. Might have to might have to fact check that. He was also um, armed with a Celtic P11. I believe there's okay. a few more guns. Probably. You never can have just two. Yeah. With the added concrete and the three-inch bulletproof glass, it was 61 tons. Holy crap. That thing was a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. There's also a documentary called Shred, which has a more detailed account of Hemar's life and his motivations. Very interesting. Maybe we should watch that. Probably should. He also had a paper which he writes about his grievances and motivations, which he mailed to a local news station before the incident occurred. The end of the rampage is caused when he was demolishing a home and he got stuck in the basement. I thought it was a hardware store he got stuck in the basement of. Uh, I have no idea. Let me 
Let's do some quick fact checking. Hey, me and Post, make sure to add Jeopardy music here. In the basement of a hardware store he was destroying. Booyah! Knew it. He killed himself after the bulldozer got stuck. Sad, sad boy hours, I guess. The incident caused an estimated $7 million of damages to the town of Granby. That's actually a lot less than I thought. Killdozer was also uh, put on display in the town hall in Gransby. We should take a road trip to Granby and just look at it. Just marvel at it. You I, know, like, I don't know what. You know like Blimey. that um, memorial of Oscar Wilde where people have kissed it so much that it's like falling apart? We should do the same thing, but to the Killdozer. Just, just smooch that thing until it's collapsing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't really have a reason why it's called the Killdozer. You didn't kill anyone. Like, why is it? It doesn't make sense why it would be called the Killdozer. Probably coined by the media because of all the damage it caused and uh, the fact it was laden with weapons. Probably. Yeah. There's also a nickname for the Komatsu D355A called mm-hmm. the Crawler Tractor. He also spent over a year modifying it. I feel like that's not <clears throat> the best plan. You spend a year of parts, your life uh, just to throw it away. Some parts of uh, the ceiling concrete reached a thickness of over one foot. Oh my god. That is pretty wild. Yeah, nobody died other than Hemai himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I also read that, I did a little bit of preparation beforehand, Apparently, a law enforcement officer threw a flash grenade down, because, like, bulldozers, I assume it was a diesel bulldozer, they threw it down, and just, I just, it just, nothing happened. You throw a flash grenade down something's exhaust pipe, normally you expect something to happen, but it didn't. It's pretty mm-hmm. shocking. I actually have the entire documentary of Tread pulled up on YouTube. Oh, how long is it? An hour 28. Oh my goodness. I was in 1080p. I guess let's just play the beginning for our... Just play the beginning for our watchers. Here we go. You know what? I think this might be piracy. Maybe we shouldn't do this. Yeah, we shouldn't. That might be a bad plan. This is better. Oh, this is the trailer. Okay. He had a great reputation in the town. I mean, he was an outdoorsman. I didn't ever meet anybody who disliked him. Barb had a knack for welding, working on engines and motors. He was confident, and I thought he was handsome, and he was larger than life. But I didn't get that feeling that he was so angry. No one realized how distorted it was becoming to him. I am making this tape for the task that I am about to undertake. In Marv's mind, the town's not treating him fairly. It's a kind of a community that in order for you to get ahead, you have to keep the neighbor down. Enough is enough. I'm not going to take it anymore. huge monstrosity. It looks like a tank. 
how do I stop this? God expects me to do something to those who kept me from getting what I deserve. God's will be done. Through me. That is the full trailer. That's definitely a little schizo. Yeah, you can watch the documentary on Tubi. Yeah, it's also on YouTube if you want to pirate it. <laughs> YouTube did actually have it for free with ads. Yeah. Oh, it did? Okay, then it's not pirate, so then you can watch it. I recommend it. Yeah. You always, just because some guys on the internet tell you something, it doesn't mean it's true, so you always want to fact check things. It's good practice to get into. Yeah, and either way, who cares? I pirate uh, stuff all the time, guys. Don't worry. The U.S. government shows up to his abode several times a month. <laughs> you wouldn't download a car. I would. I would download a car in the metaverse. Metaverse car with my metaverse girlfriend. And my metaverse wife and kids. And my metaverse divorce. My metaverse. My metaverse divorce <laughs> settlement. <laughs> Yo, the new metaverse update is so cool. They added child custody. Whoa, that is so fire. But yes. Um, I've, after thinking about this, I feel like there's a lot, I feel like this guy, I think a lot of, I'm having a stroke, I think a lot of mentally ill people are just thinking, I think a lot of mentally ill people kind of know that there's something going on, so they try to mask it. Like, the whole, like, God sent me on this mission thing is something that I think a lot of people think that are mentally ill. I'm not sure, but I I've heard it before, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, probably viewed himself as a martyr. Yeah, he probably was like, "I gotta fix this." He, I, not, I don't, I will never know what he was thinking, mainly because he's dead. But I do wish, I do wish, it, if someone like, if he did, if he had, I do wish he kind of hadn't killed himself, because then you could have like gotten more of the like inner machination of his mind of what he was thinking. I'm sure that that probably wouldn't have worked out, though, because the uh, instant they got into the thing, that would they would have killed him. And then, by the way, uh, I believe mm -hmm. specifically in the Bible, it states that God is the one who enacts his wrath. Yeah, he doesn't. I I, I don't. I've never read the Bible, but I um that that sounds like a Bible thing. So I'm gonna take your word for it. I think that overall, they've just this, he's a, he seems like a good dude. Like overall, like in like in the trailer, they mentioned how everyone. Around him had no clue, and he was just a good guy. Which at least that's a good thing to hear. He's not like a terrible person. I think really it all. I think really all it comes down to is there's something. He's definitely a He's definitely mentally ill. That's not like something a normal person thinks. You know what I mean? Because that's not like a town government's acting against me. I'm gonna destroy 13 buildings. It's not just like something a normal person does. But he seems like he was an okay guy. Like. Even if he did something bad, he seems like he was a fine, like a fine person. Yeah, and also part of his God thing, um, since he claims that he was uh, doing it for God and God, that he is fighting through God, uh, God, God's supposed to fight on your behalf. So says, I wonder if it's like this is getting very oh, meta psychology, but I wonder if it's, it's like an ego just, thing too. Yeah, most likely trying to have a, he's trying to put morale and reason into why he. He's trying to justify his act of terrorism with religion. Even terrorists do that too. Well, yeah, like every. I think most terrorists use religion as not as a scapegoat, but like as sort of a motivate. Like 
a twisted motivation for what they're doing. Yeah, because um, religion is a good way to connect with people. Yeah. And if you can claim that these people are, like, that God, God is my witness and whatnot, people might believe you a little more, which is weird to me, but that's because I'm not religious, probably. Yeah, either way, I don't think it's correct. Mm-hmm. So, it's definitely um, a flawed belief overall. Yeah. But what do we take away from this? Well, um, I feel like we can take away that Killdozer really, it's sometimes in a world where a lot of crime is absolutely heinous stuff, like terrible stuff, in the grand scheme of things, even though it was an act of domestic terrorism, I, I don't think anyone got injured or no one and definitely no one got killed other than Haymire, and he took his own life. So that's not even really... He was probably going to do that anyways, because basically, he was going to end up dead if he, after he did this. There's no way that he would. Either he would kill himself, which he did, or the police would kill him when they got in. Which, do you, how long do you think it would take for them to get in? Um, I have no idea. It probably had to take a while. Yeah. Also, another thing I think uh, mm-hmm. I can put in better words to take away from this is that Kill Those Residents shows that when people have feeling unfairly treated or have unresolved grievances, they may resort to extreme and destructive actions, and it also highlights the importance of addressing conflicts and providing supports to individuals to prevent such outcomes. Yeah, I feel like... I don't know. I, this is kind of... It's a bit goofy, I will say that. The idea mm-hmm. of a Kill Those are rampaging through a Colorado town is inherently a funny idea to most people. Yeah. And well, honestly... Just a little bit of an insane... A, a bit quirky. Have you heard of that... Um, have you heard of the guy who stole a tank from somewhere yeah, in yeah, California? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he rode it down the highway and, like, crashed into people's yeah. cars? I watched a documentary about that. Oh, there's a documentary about that, too? Yeah, I forgot what it's called. I have to check. I think there's a documentary about most things at this point. Yeah. But, yeah... A lot of weird stuff happens every day, and I think that if you don't make jokes about it, then uh, your life's gonna suck. I'm just gonna put it there. It's just gonna suck overall. So you might as well have a little bit of fun while you're at it. I can't remember if it was in Florida or if it was in It was in, in California, California, San Diego. Oh, killer fish in San Diego? Yeah. 1995 San Diego Tank Rampage. No way. Sean Timothy Nelson. Oh no, not Sean. What are we going to do without Timothy? Yeah, there's that 2002. What's it called? Called Called the Sack, a suburban war story. Mm, all right. He was an ex-soldier. Yeah, I, wasn't he also like a meth addict or something? Yeah. After his uh, wife left him, I believe. Yeah. I remember yeah. reading something about it, yeah. and they talked about, like... think he was like, influence about when he was doing it, too. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope so, because no, like, person who's sober and sane. I'm gonna steal a tank and ride it down the highway. You know, just silly activities, as you do. I love stealing the government's property. Oh, yeah. I think, overall, very good. Really, like, if you... It's at least this. I wouldn't say it's a victimless crime because people's businesses got destroyed, but it's not like an actively victim-seeking crime, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't seeking out people to kill. 
Because uh, I believe you also mentioned that he was trying not to hurt people. Um, also, I found this out, and I think it's hilarious. They were going to... It was got so bad, they were going to call in a missile to bomb the Killdozer. But had second thoughts because it would have destroyed a bunch around it. Because of course it would. It's a missile. I believe there. I believe it was going to be a Hellfire missile. Um, which I will Google the yield of in kilograms of TNT. Uh, it's forty-five kilograms, so it's at least that much of TNT. Oh, it's a nine-kilogram warhead, so twenty pounds. But, like, how much explosive tower does it have? I don't think they would tell us that, honestly. But, um, co-host, I will send you a picture of an M1A1 Abrams that got hit by it. And you can try to figure out how, ma how many kilograms of TNT it is from what happened to it. So what do you think? Uh, what do I think about what? My bad, I wasn't paying it. <laughs> um, what do you think of the M1A uh, M1A1 Abrams that got hit by a Hellfire missile? Uh, how many... Well, how much, like, in Kilgrets of TNT, what do you think the yield of that thing is based on the damage? I'm thinking somewhere around 100. Kilograms. Oh, how many kilograms did you say? Oh, I uses HMX, which is stronger than TNT. So, and it's just a 9 kilogram warhead. So I would think, I think 100 is definitely too high, but maybe 15? They carry about 3 kilograms of pure HMX. And how much more powerful is HMX than TNT? You're definitely gonna get on a watch list by googling this, but it's for it's for the Goofy History podcast, guys. Fine. I believe it is um twenty five percent more powerful than TNT. Okay, so it's like ten kilograms overall, because it said it is a nine yeah. kilogram warhead. Believe to be about how far is supposed to be about four point four pounds of TNT. A four point four pounds? Oh, that's a lot yeah. less than I thought. I didn't think that much TNT could do that to a tank, but you and you learn more every day. Speed. Yeah, probably. But uh, apologies, this is a shorter episode. Uh, they'll definitely be longer when we've got all three hosts. In the meantime, you're gonna have to deal with these short episodes. But uh, this this one went really well. I think we got the information out there. We had a good chat about the deranged mind of this man. And sometimes, overall, you just gotta be a little bit goofy about things. If you focus so hard on how shitty things are, then, like, what's the point? So, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast, and have a good night. And we'll see you next week, Good evening, hopefully. good afternoon, and good night. Are we allowed to say that? Is that copyrighted?